if I'm not eating like salad, I'm eating a bag of chocolate animal crackers from the Dollar Tree for lunch. You know what I mean? Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Pickles and Vodka, the unfiltered mental health podcast where imperfect people can have imperfect conversations. I almost said where unfiltered people can have unfiltered conversations, but that's just like really unfiltered. Also, I feel like I can improve in the unfiltering department. What I mean by that is I like to think I'm all honest when it comes to my mental health, but there's still a lot of things that I don't talk about on the podcast and definitely not in real life. As woke as I like to feel, there's still some things that I'm just that are off bounds because I don't like creating conflict and I don't like being uncomfortable and social situations can be uh, complicated at best. I am very imperfect though, so I got that down. (laughs) Um, Welcome. If you listened to the last episode, which was episode 75, by the way, I looked up my episode count on Anchor, my host, and I've actually put out 80 episodes now, but Five of them were mini-sodes, so like the most recent episode was 75, but in reality I've put out 80 of these things since starting it, and that's fucking crazy. I I feel like it's not, it doesn't sound like a lot, but it also does sound like a lot, if that makes sense. Like for a podcast that's almost four years old, um, I feel like there should be more than 80 episodes, but I've had to take a few breaks for my mental health and... um, Yeah, there's 80. So I am not going to compare my timeline to anyone else's timeline. I'm really fucking proud of this podcast and I'm proud of myself for sticking with it for so long because that's not really like me. I I pick hobbies that, you know, capture my interest and then I'll get really good at it and pour all my time and money into it for a few weeks. And then usually I'll just let it drop once I am not immediately an expert, which... I don't know. I guess this podcast actually means something to me because I'm definitely not an expert at it yet, but I've stuck with it. So yay. Yay, pickles and vodka. Um, Speaking of pickles and vodka, for anyone who has left me a rating or review, I thank you from the bottom, bottom of my heart. If you would still like to do so, or even if you left one already and you want to leave another one, um, but don't let me stop you. Just go to Apple Podcasts, search for Pickles and Vodka, and then if you scroll to the bottom, there's a place for you to leave a review. And that would make me very, very happy and add some much-needed validation to my sad existence. Okay, I need to get on track here. So today I want to do several things. It is still a solo episode. Um, I'm not going to be interviewing guests again for a few more weeks because... I am in school and it's taking up a lot of my time and as a result I'm feeling pretty burned out and um, it was even hard to do the podcast for a while because I just didn't have the mental bandwidth. So I'm doing the solo episodes. Uh, If you're new to the show I'll usually interview a guest. You know every other week I'll publish the guest interviews and then my own solo episodes on the off weeks but it's just been me. For the last, I want to say, couple months. Honestly, I'm kind of fine with that. It's been really nice to 
experiment with the format of the podcast without having to worry about the interviews themselves. Not that I worry about them, but it's definitely a lot to edit when I do have a guest interview. And so it's been nice to just get down to my roots, like I said last week, and just shoot the shit with y'all. A lot has happened since I released my last episode. So when that one came out, we were in Florida for a family wedding. And by we, I mean myself and my sister Caroline and my mother, both of which have been on Pickles and Vodka before as guests, both individually and with each other, if that makes sense. So there are two people that I love and adore, and we have a lot of fun together, and this trip was no exception. So I'm going to recap that trip and give you guys some mental health updates, and then I'm going to read a journal entry from 2012 and talk about that. And then at the very end of the episode, I'm going to read your answers for my most recent pickle poll. Um, So that's going to be really entertaining and fun. So I'm going to take a quick break to grab a beverage, and then we'll get right to it. All right, I am back. I got a a Diet Pepsi in one hand, and I got my vape in the other. And I am once again at my parents' house. Last week I recorded at my place for once, but um, I'm back because, I don't know, When I tried to record this uh, yesterday, by the way, I'm recording on Monday. This should have been out already. But like I said, I'm not trying to compare my timeline to anyone else's. But um, when I tried to record yesterday at my apartment, my partner was there and he had noise canceling headphones in and wasn't listening. But I still felt kind of awkward. And so today I came here to my parents' house to do this. I have my dad's office to myself and actually my dad and my mom just came home and they're all downstairs talking to Caroline right now. So if you hear any background noise, it's just the family hustling around. I guess that's what I get for waiting till Monday evening to record this. Um, Okay, so Florida. Uh, Last week, me and my mom and Caroline all got on a plane. It was the first time I had flown since early 2020, like right when the pandemic, the pandemic, right when the pandemic was first starting. And so it was definitely an interesting experience. I did feel a little bit claustrophobic. The whole day was just really long and arduous. I'm almost 30. And so it's not as comfortable anymore to ride on a plane. Like I get aches and pains if I don't move around every 15 minutes or so. But it was really fun to be with two of my favorite women in the world. And Florida, so I was born in Florida originally, in Jacksonville, and my mom is from Florida. Her whole family is over there. But since she married my dad in the Navy, and then we were moving around all the time, we never really got to see her side of the family that much. Uh, Or maybe it just has to do with where we were geographically, because I know we were able to see my dad's side of the family a little more. But um, so we were going to this wedding Um, celebrating the marriage of my cousin Caitlin to her husband Chris. Before I forget, I just want to give a shout out to Caitlin because she has been a listener of the podcast apparently from the very beginning, or at least, I don't know, she actually didn't tell me from the very beginning, but she listens to the podcast, like actively listens. And she told me that when I saw her uh, at the wedding 
we, we had just watched the ceremony take place. And then she and Chris were like getting photos taken of them with the family. And everyone was running around like crazy. But she still took a few minutes aside to give me a hug and just tell me that she loves me and that um, she's a fan of the podcast. And that just meant the world to me. It, it really means so much. Like you have no idea. Or maybe you do. Um, it's just really nice to know that people are interested and that they want to have the conversation, even if they're just listeners. Well, quote unquote, just listeners. Um, Obviously, I depend on listeners and I love all of you very much, but it was just really nice. So shout out to Caitlin. So we we were having all these reunions with people on my mom's side of the family. And for many of these people, it had been 10 years, like at least since I last seen them, but I'm Facebook friends with a lot of them. And a year ago when I was living in Seattle and raising money to go to treatment for my bulimia, my mom's side of the family really stepped up and um, became involved in various ways. Like some of them donated to my GoFundMe. A lot of them just reached out to say they're thinking of me. My aunt Debbie, shout out Debs, she sent me a case of colored pencils and a cat coloring book when I was in residential treatment and things like that. Again, I cannot overstate it. They mean the world to me because I don't know if you have mental illness or if you struggle with your mental health, uh, particularly depression, sometimes it feels like you're alone. I know for me that a lot of my life has been spent feeling terribly alone, when in fact the opposite is true. I have so many people who are happy to rally to my side um, when I need them. And I was reminded of that in Florida last week. I really enjoyed spending time with the cousins on my mom's side of the family in particular. Um, they're closer to my age. I'm like one of the youngest cousins on that side of the family, but they're closer to my my age and there's a lot of overlapping interests there. And so we had a lot of fun just catching up and shooting the shit. Um, the wedding itself was beautiful. It was my first, like, I guess, non-religious wedding because I've been to like a handful of weddings in my life, but they were on my dad's side of the family. They're more religious. And so they were dry weddings. They took place in churches for the most part. But this wedding was just like the complete opposite. They had it at this really gorgeous, sprawling venue with lots of little pockets where people could go and hang out if they needed time to themselves. There was an open bar. As you know, I've been sober for almost three years. And so Um, At this point in my sobriety from alcohol, I don't really struggle with the cravings anymore. Like if people are around me drinking, it doesn't bother me. The thing that was not annoying, but the thing that I noticed about being sober at this wedding was that I still have a long way to go in terms of like letting loose without substances. There was a lot of dancing happening, and I really wanted to join, but my anxiety held me back. And I wasn't surprised. And also, maybe that has nothing to do with my mental illness. Maybe it just means I'm awkward and introverted, and I don't have any rhythm, which is also true. But I got to take some funny videos and pictures, so it wasn't all a waste. 
But yeah, so that was the wedding. The rest of our time in Florida was kind of a blur. We saw some more family members. uh, And yeah, and before we knew it, it was time to go. And I would love to go back and see everyone soon. Um, I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but I have a vehicle once again. I got another motorcycle uh, last week, which I don't know. Before I started this podcast, before my relapse in 2018, I had struggled with eating disorders and self-harm in high school and early college. But by the time I dropped out of school and moved to Austin, I was pretty happy and continued to be pretty happy for several years. But so it was during that time that I got my first motorcycle. Uh, In 2013, I was living with my aunt and I couldn't afford a car, but I needed transportation. So I got like a little scooter, like a Vespa almost. And um, I had that Vespa for like three months before I got bored with it and graduated to an actual motorcycle. And uh, after that, I was just hooked. I would find a lot of female riders on social media and follow them and talk to them. And uh, over the years, I've had seven bikes, I think, and met so many incredible people through motorcycles, some of which have been on the podcast. Oh, let's see. There's three that have been on my podcast. And so motorcycling has always been a really healthy outlet for me. But when I relapsed in 2018 and moved to Seattle, I sold my Harley in order to do it. And then in Seattle, my mental health just kind of kept getting worse and worse. And I kept getting broker and broker. And eventually having a motorcycle again wasn't even on my radar. Um, Also, I lived in a city where I could get by on public transportation. I no longer do. Uh, I moved to Virginia last year and then had a car for a while, but then I told it. It's a whole ass story, but um, I I was looking for a new vehicle since I totaled my car, and I really wanted to get a bike, but also it seemed impractical because, you know, what if it rains? What if you have to run errands? What if you have to take the cats somewhere? It's just, you know, what if you leave it on the street and it gets stolen? All these reasons not to do it. And finally, uh, my partner one day was like, why don't you just get a motorcycle? I had been like agonizing over it internally, but hadn't really told anyone I was thinking of it because I was worried they would think I was insane. He was like, why don't you get a motorcycle? Um, You can use my car if the weather's bad because he works from home and you would save on gas. And I just think it would make you really happy and you should follow your heart. He didn't say those exact words, (laughs) but that was the gist of it. And I was like, oh my God, is this what it's like to be with someone who like really supports my dreams and wants me to follow my passions? Like, what what is this? So I looked for a bike for two months while saving money and I finally got one last week. It's a Harley Sportster. It's the same exact one I had before, but one year newer. Um, And it needs a lot of work to get street legal. The old owner like never used it and the registration is expired. There's my mom in the background. I don't know what they're doing. It's comforting to sit here in my dad's office and just hear the chaotic sounds of the family floating around me. Reminds me of old times. Um, okay, where was I? Florida was great. Got a motorcycle. So lots of things happening externally. Uh, but I wanted to talk about how I've been feeling 
internally, like the mental health stuff that I've been dealing with lately, because I think this podcast does serve as an audio journal of sorts. And I think at this point, I owe it to my listeners to give an update every week. So overall, my mental health has really been improving bulimia recovery wise. I can't remember the last time I purged. I think I talked about it on here the last time it happened. And I'm still trying to find a good balance between eating what is good for me and eating what makes me happy. The two can also overlap, but I am definitely like an all or nothing thinker. And so if I'm not eating like salad, I'm eating a bag of chocolate animal crackers from the Dollar Tree for lunch. You know what I mean? And so it's been really healing to be able to eat all the quote unquote junk without purging and like experiment with what is a normal amount to eat? Like, can maybe I can eat this without feeling, like, triggered. That's been really good. But now I think I'm at this place where I'm starting to dip my toe back into, like, the waters of binge eating. Uh, this is actually the first time I've said that out loud. There's no indicator of it. Like, I'm not gaining a crazy amount of weight. I don't even know what I weigh. I haven't weighed myself since I was in treatment last March. But... This time, it's not about body image. Like, it's not about losing weight. It's just about how I feel. And so I am, with caution, going to be planning my meals a little bit more and trying to eat things that I know have a lot of vitamins and shit so that my struggling old body can feel a little bit better. That's it. That's my goal. I don't know how people do it. I feel like I should write Jacqueline of the Binge Breakers podcast and ask her if she's seen some of her clients struggling the same way, which I'm sure, I'm sure she has. <sighs> yeah, overall improvement, but definitely some lingering anxiety. I feel anxious more days than not. I feel like I'm always on the verge of something bad happening. And that might be imagined, but I think the more I think about it, the less in the moment I am and the less in the moment I am, the more likely I am to miss something or make a mistake and therefore get myself into a bad situation. Also, bad just, bad situations just happen. Like life is not all sunshine and roses. Hot take. But I, I've noticed my anxiety just gradually increasing and it manifests itself in restlessness, changing my outfit five times in the morning, increased dependence on caffeine and nicotine. I just, and it paralyzes me. Sometimes like this weekend, I had so much that I needed to do, including this podcast. And rather than divide my time up and do it, I just kind of froze and didn't do anything. Which, I guess, brings me to the journal entry I wanted to read today, actually. Perfect segue. Look at me go. Um, so, if you're new to the podcast, every time I have a solo episode, I like to spend some of it reading an old journal entry and talking about what ways I've changed, what ways I'm the same. Uh, I laugh at myself a lot because I was super dramatic as a teenager. But the journal entry I picked for today is from June of 2012, and it talks all about control. And control is something I feel like I 
am lacking in these days, and that's everyone. I, I think we all feel a little bit out of control right now. Uh, some of us are more privileged than others. Like I count myself as one of them. I have not had any major deaths in the family or illnesses or um, like homelessness. I, I've been very fortunate over the last few years, but not everyone has. And sometimes it seems like things are out of control and it's just overwhelming. And then I think, why do I need to be in control? What's so bad about being out of control? Like maybe if I actually gave up control, I could be a little happier. So uh, before I elaborate on that, I'll just read the, the entry. So Wednesday, 27th of June, 2012. I desire control. I need control. It has come to my attention that if I don't have control, I go off the deep end. I let myself go and it kills me. Oh, by the way, I should mention that when I wrote this, I was working at this Christian camp for the summer as a photographer, and they had really strict rules there, and I was pretty isolated from my friends and family back home. So, um, the past few days have awakened in me new ways to obtain control and therefore survive this place while I'm here for the summer. If they want to control me, I can go further. I can eat or not eat when and where I want. I can plan. I can schedule. And if I want, I can lose all control, therefore gaining it in a fashion. None of this makes sense. I just want to be free, free to do as I please for and to myself. As my body swells before the mirror, I resolve to make it mine again. It will bend to my will and no one will touch me because I will not let them. Okay, so that's that's the entry. Towards the end, it kind of veers into like stereotypical eating disorder control talk. Um you know, I don't have any control, so I'm going to control my body, blah, blah, blah. That definitely applied to me. But I think it's interesting how I say that maybe if I lose all control, like intentionally, I can gain it back in a fashion. Because honestly, that is my mental health experiences in a nutshell. I feel like growing up the way I did, with lots of rules and regulations and religion and all this stuff, I felt like I did not have any control. And so when I hit that that fun age uh, where I was going through puberty and stuff, I was like seen as the good kid. And I felt like I couldn't rebel outwardly because I would disappoint my parents. And so I rebelled inwardly the way lots of kids do, which is uh, self-harming, developing an eating disorder, um, that kind of thing. So there is something about being out of control that is tempting to me. Not only is it kind of proving a point to the people who want to keep me under control, I think when I'm out of control, I feel weightless and I feel like I don't have responsibilities anymore. Like it's the only time I can just let go of my responsibilities and just follow my feelings, what I want in the moment when I'm out of control. Obviously, it's not always good to be out of control. I think the ways that I sought to be out of control were definitely harmful. But uh, um, I think I learned a lesson from all this analysis over the years, which is that I just need to find healthier ways to lose control. I think having a motorcycle, again, is a great example of that. You can't be on your phone when you're on a bike. You can't be talking to people. 
you don't have this bubble around you. All you have is what's in the moment and you're depending entirely on yourself and your uh, perception skills and motor skills and all that to survive. And there's something thrilling about it. I think it runs in the family because my dad is a parachutist. He loves thrill-seeking. A couple of my brothers are the same way. I don't know. There's just something about losing control that is just so attractive to me. And that's why I do drugs, I think. That's why I try to starve myself. I, that, or That's why I'm fucking bulimic. There's no better way to lose control than just like going to the grocery store and buying all the foods you never let yourself have and then eating it all and then going back for more and then you know when you purge it feels like you're cheating it feels like you've successfully hacked life and then you go and do it all over again and when you're in the middle of it it's like you have no control you're just letting at least for me I felt like I was on autopilot like the second I gave my bulimia any sort of ground it was off to the races and I loved it it was only afterwards when I felt like the bulimia had me under control and not the other way around so and all that to say, control is definitely um, an issue that I could talk about for hours. And I don't know, I think I've grown a lot since I wrote that journal entry. At least I have a better idea of how to get real control in my 30s. <sighs> I'm going to be 30 this year. That's so wild. What should I do for my 30th birthday, y'all? I don't know. I'm not really a big party type of person, but I feel like I should do something special. Uh, write me a review on Pickles and Vodka for my birthday. That's all I ask. It's not till July. We'll come back to it. Um, okay, but I'm going to stop talking about the journal entry now because it is time to talk about the latest pickle poll. Um, this is something new I'm trying out with the podcast. I am trying to find ways to engage my listeners more and what better way than to post questions on Instagram and get hilarious answers. So last week's pickle poll was, what do you see as cheaper than therapy? Uh, I don't have health insurance and so I, I really need ideas of things I can do to help process my emotions because if I don't, then it, it, it's very, very bad. So the question was, what do you see as cheaper than therapy? And I'm going to read the answers y'all shared. So right off the bat, Kai Plant of Feeling Weird says, crying with a friend and holding hands in silence. I love that. I don't know if I've ever done that. I've cried in front of people before, but holding hands, that's just like, ah, there's something so comforting about holding someone's hand. I honestly can't remember the last time I just, like, held someone's hand in silence. I'm sure it's very cathartic and very healing, but I can also see it being really awkward, if it's me. Um, Longtime listener, really nice snowman, says, A spliff and a scream into the void, specifically into Lake Michigan, but mountaintops do suffice. <laughs> that honestly sounds cathartic as fuck. Uh, I used to live by Lake Michigan, uh, when I was in high school. So it is a great place to scream into. I, I don't know. I feel like a mountaintop is better almost. 
I don't know. Would you all rather scream into a lake or from a mountaintop? Let me know in the Instagram comments to this episode or wherever. Um, Okay, moving on. My friend Ella says crying in the shower. Yes, yes, girl. Um, Crying is free. Love that. And crying in the shower is great because like you don't have to worry about your tears getting everywhere or like, I don't know. I I don't have to explain to y'all why crying in the shower is so awesome. Um, Rachel Lynn Taylor, who was a guest on my podcast in the past, uh, says iced coffee. Agreed. Iced coffee is the best. How do y'all take your iced coffee? I I drink it black, but only cold brew because I'm a snob. Uh, Katie at KTSW96 says the reels, (laughs) the reels algorithm. It was hard to say that for some reason. Katie, I'm going to ask you to uh, send me your favorite reels discoveries because I'm old and I'm not on the gram as often as I would like. And I don't know, where are these reels that are cheaper than therapy? Send them to me. Pretty, pretty, please. Lucy Sarah, who is one of my motorcycle friends, who is um, on my podcast. She commented and said, screaming in my car. Yes, I feel like screaming in your car and crying in the shower are just two experiences that everyone should should have at least once in their life. Crying in the car also works. Screaming in the shower, as long as you don't have like neighbors or babies in the vicinity, those also work. Um, okay, this is a longtime listener. I don't know how to pronounce his name, uh, but his username is uh, Airy Rezer at A-E-I-R-Y-R-E-Z-Z-R. Please tell me how to pronounce your name. Um, but his answer was self-face slapping. <laughs> it's definitely cheaper than therapy, but I don't know. I don't know if it's as, as effective. I guess it depends. Why are you slapping yourself in the face? How hard are you slapping yourself in the face? Where are you when you slap yourself in the face? I feel like this method has rules. That's not the word I was looking for, but I'll move on. Um, At the pink stoner says weed. (laughs) Uh, I I love it when people spell weed like the French word for yes, apostrophe D, like weed. I don't know. It makes me really happy. And Weed is also um, maybe not cheaper than therapy, depending on where you live, but I would argue as effective, if not better sometimes. I'm sorry. I'm a terrible influence. Um, I'm lucky enough not to struggle with weed addiction. It's like the one drug I've tried that I just can take it or leave it, but I do love it. And so I feel like I can say that. Um, At underscore behaving says... A two-sixth and ten almonds. Okay, so I didn't know what a two-six was. And so I messaged them and I was like, please don't laugh at me, but what's a two-six? <laughs> and they said it's basically a 26-ounce bottle of liquor. <laughs> so a 26-ounce bottle of liquor and ten almonds for them is cheaper than therapy. I, I love that. That's my kind of humor right there. I don't even know how I would describe that kind of humor, but um, love it. Um, okay, actually, that's all of the answers from listeners. So now I guess I have to give you my answer. Uh, So to me, what is cheaper than therapy? This should go without saying, but cats, uh, particularly cats doing cute things, driving nowhere while listening to sad music. I I like to do that a lot. Getting stoned and listening to sad music. 
and doing yoga videos with a sound muted while playing sad music. I guess I listen to a lot of sad music and it doesn't always have the desired effect, which also I think the effect that I'm desiring is not always the same. Like sometimes I listen to sad music to get really sad. Sometimes I listen to it to get feelings out. Sometimes I just want to go back in time and remember a different version of myself that was listening to that music in the past. So I don't know what that says about me that my alternative to therapy is listening to sad music, but I'm fine with it. Um, okay, so what did y'all think of the pickle pull? Do you like it? Do you want more serious answers? Do you want funny answers? I'm going to give you the next week's poll right now, actually. So by the time you listen to this on Tuesday, if it's not out already, then it will be out like on Wednesday. But so the pickle poll that I'm choosing for next week is name part of your personality that doesn't make sense outside of your mental health diagnosis. I'll say it again. Uh, name part of your personality that doesn't make sense outside of your mental health diagnosis. And by the way, when I say diagnosis, um, it can be like self-diagnosis. You don't have to be diagnosed officially to struggle, obviously. But what I mean by this question is, what is a part of your personality like that if it weren't for your mental illness, you would not be that way? Um, I guess I'll give an example. So I used to get severe anxiety every time I told a lie. When I was a little kid, I would uh, literally stay up in bed with a cramping stomach if, I mean, even if I thought something dishonest, it would happen. And it wouldn't go away until I went to my mom and confessed to her. I think I've talked about this before on the podcast. But since I have struggled with addiction and eating disorders and just everything, really. It's turned me into someone who lies a lot easier than they used to. Um, it's really easy for me to bend the truth. I do it all the time without even realizing it. Um, and it doesn't always have anything to do with my mental illness. Like, I'll find myself telling someone that I made a joke that I thought, but I didn't really say. Like, stuff like that. I, I just don't really think twice about bending the truth, and that was not part of my personality prior to my mental health struggles. Um, so that's what I mean. If you can think of anything, you can comment on my Instagram post or just send me a DM. Also, I know I haven't mentioned this on the podcast in a long-ass time, but I do have an email address that you can email with stories that you want me to share on the podcast. Because um, the whole point of Pickles and Vodka is just to showcase the struggles of ordinary people with mental health issues. And I, I think there's a lot of stories out there about hitting rock bottom and recovery and all that stuff. But there's not a lot of stories about just how people deal with mental illness like on the day to day. Um, and also mental illness is really funny sometimes, and I like hearing funny stories. <laughs> Sorry, my, my dad's in the hallway, and I, I get self-conscious if I feel like anyone's listening to me record these. I don't know what's wrong with me. My stomach's also cramping. I think I'm hungry, but I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to be a human being some days, guys. Um, but yeah, go check out this week's pickle poll. I will read your answer in the next episode. 
I only have two weeks left of school before I'm done. And then that means I will finally have the time and energy to schedule more guests. So um, I do have a spreadsheet going with potentials because of course I do. But if you've always wanted to be on the podcast, now's your chance. Um, email me at picklesandvodkapodcast at gmail.com. Uh, I might not be able to schedule you for a while, but I do want to start recording with guests again. And also, uh, I guess just like doing more marketing shit for the podcast. <laughs> I promise I have some shit together. But yeah, I hope you enjoyed this. It's definitely a shorter solo episode, but I don't believe in dragging things out just for the sake of like filling up time. So you're out of class early this week. You're welcome. Just keep staying strong and having these open conversations. We need them now more than ever. And don't forget to cry in the shower at some point this week. All right, I'll talk to y'all later. Bye. Hello, friends. It's Christina again. As always, thank you for listening. If you want to support Pickles and Vodka, you can give us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram, Pickles and Vodka Podcast. If you could relate to anything at all we talked about today or you just want to say hi, email me at picklesandvodkapodcast at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram at Pickles and Vodka Podcast. Stay safe and have a good week.